All right. I am great tonight for one reason. And it's not a holy thank you Jesus reason. It's because I had food poison about three days ago. And uh, I'm glad I lost about six pounds, but I slept about 20-some hours. And um, I'm just telling you, I will probably not get that sausage biscuit in the gas station in Mississippi ever again. <laughs> yeah. But I am glad to be here. Um, my wife said, and she said it with all grace and mercy, she said, well, you brought that on yourself. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but I'm, I'm here today, here tonight, uh, and I am excited about James and what we're going to do. Uh, Parker, man, he, he opened the front door last time at the house and kind of prepared us for, for James. And I'm just going to tell you that James is not a book that you would preach from if you want to grow your numbers at a church. Because James is all about trials, temptations, struggles. And James is the book that if you look at it, it, it has more commands in it than probably any other book. It, it has a command on average every three verses. Do this, do this, do this. And it's a letter written to the church, like Parker said, who was, they were under persecution. They were, they were spread out. Um, they were going through some struggles. And um, we're going to go verse by verse through this. Now, I just want to kind of set the context. I love to spend a ton of time in context so we get a right, a right view of what's going on. And so think about people of James. James is speaking to the church, we know, because it's brothers. And these folks are being persecuted. And they're going through persecution not like we know. They're not, man, I, I, I shared Christ at my job and the dude got mad at me and cussed me out. They're going through persecution like a lot of the church is in South Africa or um, my, I have a friend as I've talked about before who's on the border of Somalia and Ethiopia where the people he leads to Christ, their families burn them alive and kill them. That's the type of persecution this church was going through. And so... As we look at this, uh, we're gonna, it's going to be real elemental. We're going to pick out some words. We're going to read through it. Um, and we're going we're gonna to dig into what God's saying. I think this is very important. And we're going to take away some nuggets from this passage. Um, but I want to encourage you that one of, the, one of the reasons we felt like we needed to do this and we felt like God was putting this on our, on our plate is if you look at the house over the last three years, we've dealt with a ton of topics. We've dealt with everything a 20 to 30-year-old deals with. Money, making wise decisions, jobs, purpose, identity, purity, community, identity in Christ. I mean, we dealt with the why, why Jesus. We dealt with lordship. We've done all of those things. And so now we want to turn the corner and just imagine with me that we could go to God's word and take it verse by verse, and that we could begin to see his nature and character through his word, and that for all of the trials and tribulations and situations and things we face, that the answer would lie in his word and in himself, and we would begin to appropriate that 
rather than a topic and try to find an answer for a topic. That's growth. And I think God has us here because I believe this group of young leaders, God has grown you to this point, not so you can know just more about him, but so that you can make an impact in his world and in this city for his name. That's why we're going through this. Um, so let's look at it. Let's dig into it. Um, let's, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it so we can get a cursory reading. James, I'm going to read from the NASB. Um, so James, wait, now you know I'm, I'm 50 when I got to do this because I can't see that. Don't laugh at me. You'll be there one day. <laughs> all right. James chapter 2, I mean chapter 1 verse 2. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Lord, we thank you for your word. We ask that you would illuminate our hearts, God, so that we might see the truths from your word. I pray, God, that I would uh, be faithful to my assignment and communicate clearly your word. Um, not what I think, not what I say, Lord, but your word. And we know that your word is faithful to go out and accomplish that which you have intended it to. So we ask these things in Jesus' name. And his church said, amen. amen. So let's look at this. Verse 2, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. That is an impossible verse apart from Jesus Christ. Would you agree? It is. Consider. Now, that word consider, the verb tense, what it actually is, is consider and do this every time a situation arises as a regular habit. And that consider is, it's a mental, it's a mental word. In your mind, think, consider. Consider it all. All joy. Now, that's, that's hard to do. All joy. And in that verse, all joy is major emphasis. That means that it's, they, the, the Holy Spirit, the writer, wants you to pay attention to that. Consider it all joy. Man, how, what is all joy? Number one, what is joy? It's not happiness. Happiness is fleeting. Joy is like in your soul. Man, I, it's, joy is like having a sense of joy in the middle of drama. Or I like to say being rooted in the middle of a hurricane. Joy, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Not if, when. Do you know that we, you know, people say, man, accept Jesus Christ, it's the free gift. Y'all heard that? Except it's not free. If I buy this water and I give it to you, it's free to you, but I paid for it. See, Jesus paid a price 
for our salvation. And it cost us everything. That is the good news of the gospel. So consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. What's interesting is the word trial and the word temptation come from the same Greek root word. Now, in our culture, we don't consider trials and temptations the same, do we? Temptation comes from what? I love some feedback, too. Temptation comes from what? The devil or my flesh. Jesus, right, and trials come from what? Situations you might get yourself into. But let's, let's back up. If God is God of all and he allows all things, he's either God of all or not God at all. So, and Jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted. So if God's God of all, he allows your temptations and he allows your trials. He'll let you, and the word says, he'll let you face no temptation that will overcome you. So they both come from God, but what's their purpose? We're going to read, we're going to look. So consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. That's a process. He just gave us a process. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So as we look at this, let's look at the process. Look at what it says. Remember in verse 2, consider. That's mental. For you teachers out there, you love these words. Consider. Knowing. No. Mental. Okay? That's mental. It, it's, not, it's not an action where I, I'm, I'm running or I'm It's a mental. Consider no, the mind of Christ. Consider knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Now, I, I, my wife's a teacher, so... Or, so educator, and so I, I, I find myself using a lot of these examples. When you test someone and they fail the test, what should a good teacher do? Teach them again. They take, what do they take again? The test. You, you teach them till they can overcome or pass the test. Have you ever been situations in your life where you keep facing the same test over and over and over and over and over again? Let's look at the word. And knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. I'm not a long distance runner. I never will be. I played basketball. Okay. But I know that endurance comes from practice. It comes from work. You build up your endurance. How many times in, and, and this is the goal, this is one of the goals of James, that in trials and temptations, our goal is not for the trial or the temptation to end, but our goal is for God and to be Christ-like. But what do we do most of the time? Lord, I just want to pray. Will you pray that this, 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 this thing I'm going through ends? Would you pray that this would stop? I mean, that's what I prayed before. 
Instead of, Lord, give me strength to endure this because I know that you are allowing me to face this trial or temptation so that you may build my faith and my faith may produce endurance. Y'all hear me? Are you you smelling what I'm stepping in? All right, the dudes got that. The ladies are like, what you talking about? You hear me though, you hear what I'm saying, all right? So in this passage, let's look. And let, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. You go through life and the test that you face now when you're 20 or 25, I pray that it's not the same test you face when you're 30 or 35. But how, how many of us, man, we don't want to even face the test. I mean, I'll be real. I don't want to. You can tilt your halo to the side. This is church, but we're going to be real. How many of y'all, you don't want to face the test, man? No, we don't. We don't. And that's okay. That's why it's called a test. Somebody told me, man, work is hard. I said, that's why it's called work. But we want to have the right perspective. We want to have the mind of Christ as we do this. So let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, let's keep. Are y'all with me? Y'all walking with me? All right. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Now, faith. Somebody give me your definition of faith because there's a thousand definitions running around out there. Somebody give me your definition. Say it again. Confidently trusting in God's character. All right. Anybody else? Faith is? Say it again. Blindly trusting. All right. Faith is, as y'all said, trusting in God, believing in God. But let me, I want to I show you something. The word, the word belief or the word um, knowing there's a word in the, in, in the text, it's called pistis. And belief is not like, I believe this is water. Pistis is, and I've said this before, I believe this is water and I base everything now in my life on that. That's deep. That's a, that's a I'm in, I'm all in, and everything in my life because I believe this to that le- level. Are y'all with me? That's not a just, hey, I believe. That's, that's deep. That, that means commitment, all right? That's commitment. And so knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Testing of your faith defines the meaning of the trial for the Christian as Jesus was tested in the wilderness. Like I said before, he was tested in the wilderness. He went into the wilderness knowing I'm going to be tested. And, and we can learn from Jesus. He was tested, but he did what? He replied with Scripture. Thy word have I, the word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And we're going to get into this when it talks about wisdom. Let me ask for wisdom. Well, what is wisdom? We're going to talk about that. But knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Verse 4, and let endurance have its perfect, major emphasis, perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. That, man, what's, God, what's your will for my life? That. That you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. 
That's also an impossible verse apart from him because there is nothing in Randy Odom that is perfect, complete, or lacking nothing. But in Christ, I am. Are y'all with me? And let endurance have its perfect result that you may be perfect. In that verse, what do we see twice? The word what? And let endurance have its perfect result that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. When you see something twice, that's important. Perfect. How can I be perfect? No, in him, I'm, in him I'm made perfect. And, when, I, and the end, when it's all said and done and I'm not here and I'm in heaven, I will be made perfect physically. But I have access to him who is perfect. Are y'all with me? All right. Let's keep going. Let's keep tracking through this. All right? Now, verse 4, and let endurance have its perfect result that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So look at this. Verse 3 and 4 are a process. They lead to steadfastness. If you don't learn what God wants you to learn, you will be facing the test again and again and again and again. Man, that could be disappointing or not encouraging to you if it wasn't God we're talking about. God's a giver of good gifts. He, 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 he cares for us. He is a good, good God. So if he's taking you through a test, he's doing it for you, for what's good for you. Y'all follow me? So it's important to frame this up in the right concept of God and who he is. And let endurance have its perfect result that you may be perfect and complete like any other. You see, the hard thing when we're in a trial is to make God our goal and not ending the trial. And I'm not talking about a, man, what would Jesus do? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm going to tell this story, and I think I've shared it before. But my wife has a medical condition called myasthenia gravis. Well, about three years ago, I was, I think it was two, maybe three. It was right before I came. I, I was here. We just got here to church. Um, it was around December. We, we, were, um, we were getting ready to have our Christmas tournament. And, but she had a... a um, she had a, uh, a I want to say a catheter. She had a valve in, in her, in, right here in her chest. So when she got this medicine, they could just hook it to that. And she wouldn't have to keep getting, you know, the needles in her arm. Well, she goes to the doctor to get, get a checkup. And they were like, we're taking you to the ER right now because you have a blood clot in your lung. Now, I don't know if you know anything about that. But blood clot in your lung goes to your heart. You are dead in, in a matter of seconds. So I'm at, I'm at ma'am, and I get this phone call, and she's like, my wife's like, hey, uh, I'm at the doctor, and uh, I got to go to the emergency room because uh, they said I had a blood clot in my lung, and you need to come to the hospital. And I'm like, okay. And I, and I was like, okay, what, what hospital are you at? Where are you? And so she was at Methodist, and I hung up the phone, and then, and I got this, oh my God, and I was, fear just came, came on me, boom. I'm like, and, and, and I've been around in those situations with her. I, that was the first time I was fearful like that, thinking, okay, uh, and, and maybe I think I was like that because Enoch was with me at work, so I have a 14-year-old son. And so uh, I tell my people, ma'am, hey, I got to go, and I'm like, I'm just freaked, I'm crying, I'm like, I got to go to the hospital, da-da-da, 
And they're like, all right, you need to go. So I grab Enoch, and I didn't know he was, he was kind of on the side in this room, and he heard what I was saying in the hallway. And so I'm thinking, oh, okay. Uh, my mind went to, I do not want to tell this brother his mom ain't here. And I grab him. I say, hey, look, man, mom's in the And he's been through this before. Mom's in the hospital. She's going da-da-da, da-da-da. And I just started crying. Grabbed him. I said, let's get in the car. We, get in the, we run outside. We get in the car. And I get ready to start the car. And he puts his, his hand on me. He says, hey, dad, God got us. And, man, I was like, man, that's my son. I'm like, that's my <laughs> boy. That's my, man, that's my A1 from day one right there. But then that, the fear was like, all right? And I say that to say I've been right here. And if you know Jesus Christ, you're going to be right here. And if you're here tonight and you don't know him, you're going to be right here, but you're going to be in the worst place because you don't have access to him. So, Back to the text. And let endurance have its perfect result that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. In my mind, in that moment, when my son said, God got us, I felt this peace and I was perfect, lacking nothing. Because I mean this when I'm finna say, God could have took my wife and we would be all right. That, that's the peace I had. And you can't have that without Jesus Christ being in the, I mean, he right there. And that's what this is talking about. And let endurance have its perfect result that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Verse 5. This is where it gets good. I mean, it's good, but it's supposed to get real good. Put your seatbelt on. Let's go. Yeah. Are you checking me? Okay. Now I'm tripping. All right. Verse 5. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask. Man, all of us lack wisdom. All of us. You know what wisdom is? Somebody tell me what wisdom is. Application of knowledge. That's a good answer. Wisdom. What's wisdom? Y'all Googling it, man. Let me get this right. <laughs> Say that. Learning from past experiences. Learning from past experiences or learning from past trials or temptations. Y'all follow me? Now, this mug right here, he speaks like five languages, so he's he breaking down what I'm saying as I'm saying it. I believe that. So check this out. Check this out. Wisdom. I'm going to say this. It's impossible for my 14-year-old son to have wisdom on some things because the table legs of wisdom are experience, humility, And let's go biblical, the fear of God. The word says the fear of God is the beginning of what? Of what? Is it knowledge or does it say wisdom? It don't say knowledge. The beginning of God, the, the fear of God is the beginning of what? Wisdom. Now, let, let me just go here for a minute. In our culture, we make God our friend. We make God our friend. He's not my friend. 
He loved, but he's God. He's holy. That's a difference. So, and I'll say this. When you know him, you have a healthy fear of him because of his holiness and because of his majesty. I've been there. When I was out there tripping, living my life at school, not living for the Lord, I, I had a couple days where I stayed in my room for two days because I, I was reading my Bible and I got a fear of God going, man, I need, I need to get right before him or this ain't going to be good for me. Well, man, he's a good, good God. He is, but he's a holy God. And you can't know him apart from this. We're going to talk about that wisdom. So when it says, when it says, let him ask, any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask. Man, Josh had a great question today, man. He, he, he helped me illuminate me on some things. Josh Clark, wisdom, it's not like God just pops the top of your head and just pours wisdom in and you're like, oh, man, I'm wise. Lord, what do I do in this situation? You know, oh, wow, I got it. Has that happened to you? Have you had that aha moment before? You might have, but that's not what this is talking about. So let me ask you something. If the fear of God is the and, and fear of God's healthy is the beginning of wisdom, and this says, but any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men or women generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. We lack wisdom. It says, let us ask of God, and he'll give to us. Why don't we ask for wisdom more? When's the last time you asked God for wisdom? Because y'all like me. I got this. I know how to do this. But most of the time when we go through trials and temptations, what do we ask of God? Help me. Show me. Lead me. And give me some wisdom. This verse is talking about let him ask, let him always ask, let him be in the habit of asking. Every time this situation arises, ask. Man, my son's a great example of this. He's 14. Man, you know, y'all understand this. My, my granddaddy used to say when I was 14, man, you smelling yourself. You think you grown. That's what old people would say. You think you grown. My son sometimes thinks he's grown because he'll be like, I got this. I know what to do. I look at him like, all right, do it your way. And then I let him fail, and then he comes back, Dad, you're right. But if I'm wrong, he's going to tell me, man, you're wrong. See, I knew. <laughs> That's what he does. But he thinks he knows. We're like that. I mean, are, maybe you're not like that. I'm like that. Can y'all relate to this? But this is saying, I mean, let's follow it. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask. Of God, major emphasis. See, we be asking other stuff for wisdom, but we ain't asking God. Y'all follow me? I got to catch myself. I got a rule in my house. I seek God's face before I seek the face of any man. So when I get up in the morning, I'm in my word before I look at Twitter, before I look at Facebook, before I talk to my wife, before I talk to my son. I'm going to be in my word and seek God's face before I seek the face of any man. And that's hard to do sometimes. But let's look at this. Let's keep going. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously. This is the deal, y'all. 
Solomon was the wisest man in the world. We have Psalms, we have Proverbs, we have Ecclesiastes, we have the Bible. It says in this verse, he will give it to you, right? Okay. It says in this verse, but let him ask in faith, but let, if any of you, verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask. So it says it in verse 5, right? right. I'm going to try that one more again. This is, this is the part where y'all go feedback. It says it in verse 5, let him ask, right? And I like that. But this is the deal. And it says God will give it to you, right? He's already given to you in his word, but are you looking in his word to see what he's already given you? Are you looking in his word to see what he's already given you? That's the key. And when you get into God's word and you begin to do what we're doing tonight, then he will show you more of himself. But I would guess, and this is totally Randy, that this is what I do. This is what I've done before. Lord, please give me wisdom. Please show me. And he's going, it's in in my word. I've I've given it. You're just not looking. It's kind of like you got a toolbox and you're trying to take a screwdriver and screw this screw in, but you use a hammer. You're not using the right tool. This is where wisdom is. Wisdom, y'all remember at the house where we gave out, we talked about how to make wise decisions? Well, we're going to make that available to y'all again because it's a biblical format, how to make wise decisions. But this is how he gives us wisdom. His word, community, people. This is how he gives us wisdom. But it says, if you ask, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given Unto him, verse 6, but let him ask in faith without any doubting. That's hard. I doubt. Do y'all doubt? Yeah. Why do we doubt? I doubt because I'm weak. My flesh is weak. I forget the goodness of God. Come in here and sing, he is good, he is good. And then I walk out there and I forget. I mean, is that true? Yes. But I forget, and then I like to do things my way. (laughs) And so, just think about it. It says, but let him ask in faith without any doubting. How do you do that? What does that look like? How do we do that? I'll tell this story. There's a chair out here in the lobby. It's those flat chairs that are wooden, kind of re- they're kind of shaky, like they're at the tall bar tables. Y'all know the ones I'm talking about? I sat in one of those one time, and it, fe- it broke. Y'all laughing. Ah, oh, yeah. You fe- I wish I was there to see that. I broke, man. And he, I'm glad you weren't in the hub. It's probably one day in five years he ain't been in the hub. But it broke. It broke. I'm flaming right now. I know. It's all right. It broke. And I looked around. I mean, I fell. When I say I fell, I like fell. Feet up, fell. I'm embarrassed. People looking at me. I'm like, man, the chair broke. I can promise you, since that day, I have not sat in that chair or anyone like that. Because I don't have faith in that. I grabbed the metal one and I put it over there. Because I don't have faith in it. It broke. It let me down. But you know what? This is talking about having faith in a savior 
in Jesus Christ, in God, in the Trinity, in, in the gospel. That's something that has never failed us, will never let you down. So it's not, it's not weak. It is not, there, it is not going to fail you. This is talking about having faith in Jesus. He will not fail you. He will not leave you. He is always secure. You can count on it. Y'all follow what I'm saying? So this faith has a foundation that is secure. And that's what, that's what James is telling these folks, all right? But if any of you lacks wisdom, verse 5, of God who gives to all men generously and without reproach, it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. What does that mean? The surf of the sea, if you really look at it, it, it has no rhythm. It's, it's, it's all over the place. I mean, it's just kind of unstable, right? You look at the surf, it's like this. It's not stable. Well, I, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be tossed by the wind. Have y'all been in like, have you been in, in situations where you're tossed like, by, like the wind? We don't want to be there. We don't want to be there. Let's keep going. For let, and this verse is, a, verse 7 is like a, it's an opposite. It's showing you what would happen if you do this. For let not that man expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. If you double-minded in all your ways, don't be asking God for something because you ain't going to get it. Because you unstable. You double-minded. That's what it says. Don't expect that. It's kind of like, I keep using my son. Well, I did this in high school. Lord, help me make an A on this test. My coach would be like, you study? Nah. What you praying for? <laughs> That's what this is. For, not, for let not that man expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. We won't get nothing from the Lord, then we'd be mad. He ain't doing what we asked. Don't be like that. And the last, for let not that man expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Double-minded. We do not want to be unstable in our ways because Jesus is not that. Real quick, I've gone over my time, and they've given me the get off the stage sign, but I don't care. <laughs> Listen. These are the things that we can take away from this. Why trials and tribulations? Why trials and temptation? Because God is sovereign over our trials. We learn to grow in his likeness. We learn to trust in his wisdom. We learn to rely on his resources. And we learn to live for his reward. The goal of the trial is Jesus, not get me through this. All right? Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray tonight as we unpack your word that it would take root in our hearts, Lord. And if any one of us are here and we, we lack wisdom, we would ask you, God, give me wisdom in this so that I might do your will. Lord, help me when I face trials to make you the goal and not getting out of the trial or facing it in a different way. Lord, help me to learn and be humble the things you desire for me to learn because you desire the best for me. 
Father God, I pray that above all tonight, that for anyone here, Lord, who does not know you or is facing a trial, Lord, that they would lean into you and they would realize, Lord, that you have a purpose and a plan in our temptations and in our trials to make us more like you. Let us not be unstable in our ways, Lord. That is not your will for us. We pray that your word may take root in our hearts. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.